there are some of us that are living in some type of a prison and the hope that we have in the Lord is that we will be released. It's time now for the Autumn Mile Show. It is your girl, Autumn Miles, coming to you with something I can't wait to share. After the break, we are going to go all into talking about those of you that might feel forgotten. Um, You might feel like God has forgotten about what you're believing for. You might feel um, like you are just overlooked. Anyone feel overlooked or rejected today? Um, we're going to dig into one of my best friends in scripture, and we're going to talk about just what the Lord actually is doing, what I believe he's actually doing. We're going to talk about a prison that you might be sitting in and how to get out. So I hope you guys are enjoying our new sound. We've heard so, we've literally heard from so many of you guys. You love the new sound. You love the way that you love music and everything. And Um, I just thank you for all of your feedback. I'm enjoying it. I love hearing it. Um, I, I love new, those people that like know me or in my life, they know I love change. I've never been someone that's like, you know, not like change. I think it's fun. I think, um, you know, so in the vein of, I like change, we've changed it up. So I hope you guys are loving that as much as we are. So what's been happening in my world? Well, um, we are currently in the last week of school for all four of my children. Okay. The last two weeks of school, you, they're all a blur. When you have more than one child, (laughs) they are all a blur. I don't really even remember last week very much because I was, I felt like I, all my kids did such amazing things. Like we went to three award shows and we went to like all these baseball games and we went to see Grace in 47 plays and we're at the school constantly. All of the schedules are different with the school. And with me having four kids, I rely on the structure of the school times. So um, the last two weeks of school kind of feel, this is what they feel. To those of you that do not have children or maybe elementary preschool children and they're not quite in school yet, the last two weeks of school kind of feel like you're losing your mind. You're in a tornado. You're in a tsunami of schedules and um, you're dizzy all at the same time. Like it just, it's like, what is happening to my life? I sat on my couch on Friday, a day that my oldest daughter had decided to have a party for one of her friends with 30 people at. So while all these people are in my my home, they're high school kids, and they're very good kids, so they're welcome anytime. But I thought, why am I so tired? And then I started recounting everything I had done this week, and I um it just made me tired even thinking about it. So we're in that season. I used to want my kids to stay in school. And now after going to the school back and forth nine times on Friday, I am very ready for them to be out of school. Okay. 
But something happened in these last two weeks of school that thrilled my heart. Okay. I've talked to you about my son, Jude, you know, a lot. Obviously, I talk about my family, but he has been, and I've, I think I've even uh, referenced this, but he has written raps. He loves rap music. I love rap music. I mean, <laughs> as I've become sanctified and, you know, the whole thing, falling more in love with Jesus, I really, I really do. Uh, when I, in the nineties and stuff, I would, I'd listen to all of that and still listen to some of it. You know, don't, don't worry. I love Jesus. He doesn't listen to that, but he's really got a uh, love and a passion for Christian rap. So he's like loving the Lecrae and, um, you know, there's, there's so many amazing artists out there that have such an incredible gift. Like the word smithing of these rappers blows my mind. Like I'll, I'll listen back to a song multiple times just to hear how they wordsmith something. Cause I'm a wordsmith myself and it's, it's a gift from God. So Jude has it. He's got it. Okay. We didn't know how long it was going to last. He started writing raps, I think, when he, when he was about eight. And now he's almost 14. And the thing has stuck. Like, it stuck with him. He wrote an entire rap, which was awesome. The line, the main line in this rap is, God's got my back in a book full of verses. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> and he's like, God's got my back in a book full of verses. And, like, then he goes into the verses of the song. Um, it's so good. And he wanted to try out for the talent show at the school. And I don't know that they've ever taken like an original song, like written by a kid, but they did. He made the talent show. He wrote all of the words, um, the beat. He wrote the entire beat. He got a program on his computer and he like put the entire beat together. And then he gets up on stage and this was Thursday night. And I'm watching my son and, you know, it's so amazing when your kids like they shine and it's like, oh my goodness, like he is doing something that he is, God has put him on this planet to do. He comes up on stage, you guys, and like my kids don't go to Christian school. They go to a great school, but it is not a Christian school. And um, we actually love that because I didn't go to a Christian school and I was able to, you know, share my faith in the whole thing in school. But it's like, it's not a Christian audience. And he gets up and he does this Christian rap. And like, I'm screaming, Eddie's screaming, like, we're just so proud of him. He walks out on stage, the stage, the audience roars because they're, he's got so much support. It actually made me tear up a little bit just to see how much my son is loved. He comes, he does his thing all about Jesus, all about God's gotten his back in this book full of verses. And the thing is over. The rap is over. It was two minutes and 30 seconds because that's all that they were allowed to do because it was a talent show. So every act had to be two minutes, 30 seconds. The music winds down and he says into the mic, amen. And I'm telling you, it was like we were having church up in that talent show. And of course, me and my husband stand to our feet. We give him a standing ovation. And I'm like, I'm a second or first row sitter, y'all. If the first row is free and my kids are on that stage, mama's going to be sitting in the front row. I was sitting in the second row. Um, was just, you know, screaming and so supportive of him. But 
I was really proud of who he's becoming. And I was really proud in the chaos of the last two weeks of school that he was able to get up. He was able to speak about Jesus, rap about Jesus. He had so much support. And I just thought to myself, man, what a wonderful way to end his school year. Just kind of end it, to cap it. And so anyway, that's what's happening in my life. I'm so proud of these beautiful little lives that God has given me to raise. Guys, we're going to go deep. This is actually going to be a part one and a part two message. It's so good. Next week, you'll hear part two, but we're going to dig, dig deep in this prison of actually being hidden, not forgotten. Okay. I'll see you after the break. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. It is your girl. We are back from the break and we are about to dig into some Joseph. Okay. He's one of my best friends from the Bible, Joseph, Moses, you know, I got a whole crew that I roll with. Um, And I, uh, we are going to talk in the next few weeks about prisons. The Lord has given me, which is kind of a weird thing to talk about. Um, But I, I was praying through what is a message that you want to get through our ministry to who listens to us right now. Um, I was praying through that. I don't know, gosh, uh, maybe a couple of months ago. And, um, the Lord just brought the word prison to my head. And, you know, when, when the Holy spirit speaks to you, um, it answers so many different questions and it like puts me alive with curiosity about what he means and where can I go and what can I study and what can I learn about this word prison? I was actually going to name this series prison, but then I was like, that's really negative. <laughs> so I, um, I'm going to name this entire series. There will be several that we do in a series of shows. We are going to call this released, released. Because here's what I know about what God spoke to me. There are some of us that are living in some type of a prison. And the hope that we have in the Lord is that we will be released. And I believe that this whole message today and next week and the messages uh, to come are going to encourage your heart greatly in that 
released? What has held you captive? What can you not seem to get past? What can you not seem to get over? What emotion is is holding you back? Well, let's be released. Let's let the power of the Spirit of God and the power of His Word release us, okay? So um, today, the very first one that I knew that God wanted me to do when He said, Autumn, I want you to talk about prisons, is we are going to talk about the prison of being hidden. Now, this is a little bit of a different prison, okay? But I feel like some of you guys are being hidden. Now, you're not going to like this first part, but you're going to love the last part of what I'm getting ready to say. God sometimes removes us from sight or we actually are hidden in plain sight because before we can be released, to do the next assignment for his name, we need to deal, grow, learn certain things. So I know from my own life that sometimes I'm like, why in the world does it seem like I should get that opportunity, but I don't? Why in the world does it seem like I should be doing this, but and I'm doing all the right things to do it, but someone else has chosen? Why does it seem like um, I'm I'm just rolling on a hamster wheel and no one is taking notice? And the Lord a couple of years ago said, Autumn, you are not being unnoticed. You are not being overlooked. I have hidden you because what is coming in your life, you need the lessons and you need to be hidden in order to learn them. Now, I know you don't like that, but... Um, I think we're misinterpreting some of these seasons in our life. We think no one's watching what we do. God has forgotten. I hear this all the time. Well, God forgot about my prayer. I've been praying for 10 years or it's been a long time for me on him. You know, yeah, I get it. Okay. It doesn't mean that you're not seen by God. It just means that for some reason he is restricting you from moving forward because it's a season of education for you. You are in the prison of being hidden. I'm going to explain to you why this is important via the life of Joseph. We are going to talk for the next two weeks all about when God decided to hide him. He took him from a very visual place to a place where no one could see him And no one even knew he was around and no one even knew he existed only to eventually make him extremely visible, not just to Egypt, but to the entire world. Okay. I want to get into this and I want to talk about a couple of places in scripture where the word talks about God hiding us or the Lord is our hiding place. Okay. And this is going to back up this whole concept of sometimes God needs to hide us because so much exposure, if you were blessed and you were like, um, you know, getting all of the, I don't know, promotions every single day of your life, always, it would be exhausting. And then you would be like, Lord, I'm exhausted from all of this, what we call blessing. I need a resting period. Okay. God talks about himself being that for us. So after these verses, you're going to see why 
being hidden is something that God uses to restore us, to show us, etc. Okay. Psalm 32, seven says this, you are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. There is a place that we are able to hide in the Lord that protects us from trouble. Psalm 119, 114 says this, you are my hiding place and my shield, and I will wait for your word. What is the psalmist saying there? I'm waiting on something. And in the meantime, I'm hidden in you. You are my shield. You are protecting me. And while I'm in this hiding, hidden place, I'm protected, but I'm watching for your word a lot like Joseph did. We'll get to that in just a second. Psalm 17, 8 says this, hide me in the shadow of your wings. Keep me as the apple of your eye. There are so many different places in scripture that talk about the Lord being a hiding place for us. But we don't want to hear that. Why? Because in the world of social media where where people think that if I have 10,000 followers, well, then I am like, you know, what's up? Um, in the world of massive exposure all the time, how do we get the algorithm to work in our favor? How do we get the likes? How do we get the this or the that? We forget that is not the most important thing. Now, there are seasons of exposure for all of us. However, we must also see the value in being hidden for certain reasons, okay? Um, you think you're overlooked, forgotten, passed over, but you may just be hidden. The greatest thing about being hidden, like in hide and seek, I, we used to play hide and seek. My kids don't play hide and seek anymore. I don't even think I've heard the, the, the game in a while. In hide and seek, you go hide for a little bit, and then someone comes and finds you and brings you out of that hiding place. And that's exactly what happened to my boy, my best buddy, my bestie here in Genesis, Joseph. I want to give you guys someone to relate to because I think since this is something that we don't want to hear because we constantly want exposure, we constantly want the promotion, we constantly want the opportunity. Of course you do. There's nothing wrong with that. I want to flip the tables a little bit and um, answer the question that you may be asking, God, why have you forgotten me? Well, guess what? He hasn't. You're hidden on purpose. I also want someone for you to relate to. So we are going to like go there with Joseph. Guys, I did a message on this all in one day and it was a lot. So we're going to break it up. So I'm going to take my time with this. In Genesis, Joseph is introduced to the scene. Joseph is Jacob's son. Okay. Jacob had many sons and Joseph was the favorite from a very early age, Joseph was given by Jacob the coat of many colors. And because of that, his brothers hated his literal guts. You ever had someone that hates your guts just because you're being? Yeah, well, that was Joseph's brothers. Early in his life, he has a dream 
He sees bales of hay actually bowing down to him. Then he sees stars bowing down. And listen, listen, he tells his dream to his brothers who hated him, which made him, them, hate him even more. I'm trying to set up this prison season for you. So Joseph has this dream, a couple of dreams. And because of the dreams, his brothers hate him so much that they plan on killing him. Okay. They decide not to do that. He is actually placed uh, and sold and he's placed in a pit, sold into slavery. And that transports him. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about that waiting period being transportation. Uh, We're not going to talk about that, the transportation period. We're literally going to talk about the prison only this week. But I do want to show you how he was transported. He was transported after he was sold into slavery to Egypt. And that's where my story picks up that I want to talk to you guys about. Genesis 39 says this. I'm going to read this all to you and then we're going to chill and then we're going to like um, process this. Okay. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Even in slavery, Joseph was given favor. Even in slavery, the hand of the Lord worked. Even in the most horrific circumstances, the hand of the Lord worked and was moving him to where he needed to be. So Potiphar bought Joseph and the Lord was with Joseph, verse 2, 39-2. So he became successful man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that he was with him, that the Lord was with him and how the Lord had caused all he did to prosper. Joseph found favor in his sight and he became his personal servant. Now that's a really big deal because he is a high official in Pharaoh's court. And and here all of a sudden we have this Israelite that comes in and becomes his personal servant. Okay. So the Lord is with Joseph, even in the most horrific circumstances. I don't know what circumstances you are in today, but the Lord is seeing you even there. Trust him in the horrific circumstances because he has got a plan, a strategic plan for your life. It came about, verse 5, from the time he made him overseer of his house. Let me let me go back to verse 4. So Joseph found favor in the sight and became his personal servant. And he made him overseer over his house. And all that he owned, he put in his charge. It came about that at that time that he was made overseer in the house over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus, the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. I want to pause right here for a second. And I want to bring up this point. Potiphar was not a believer in God Almighty. He was not a believer. He was an Egyptian. Therefore, he worshiped Egyptian gods. He did not worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and of course, Joseph. He was not a believer in God. However, even he could see that the Lord was with Joseph. 
I want to pose this to you. If God has put you in a circumstance where there are a lot of unbelievers around, you cannot shake, even if they don't believe in God, you cannot shake the favor of God. It draws people to you. God used Potiphar, an unbeliever, and someone who worshiped Egyptians' gods to place Joseph in a place where he could be maximally utilized in just a few years. You can't shake the favor. Even if you're around unbelievers, the favor of the Lord speaks without you having to say a word. Sometimes we all have to be like, oh, you know what I did? You know who I know? Name drop. I do not like name dropping. I do not like selling your credentials. I'm not into any of that because you know what? If the hand of the Lord is on you, everyone will be able to sense it, period. If Potiphar could sense it on Joseph as a slave being sold, then people can sense it on you. Stop worrying about you missing your chance. Now speak when God says speak and, and you know, whatever. But if the favor of the Lord is on your life, you can't even shake it if you wanted to. It will attract everyone. Because whether they know it or not, they want that favor too. They want a piece of that favor. They want a part of that favor. Because man, the favor of the Lord is awesome. That's what Potiphar uh, sensed on him. And because of that favor, because the Lord was actually with Joseph, he made him over everything in his house. Okay, let's move on. Verse six. So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge. Everything he owned, everything he owned was in Joseph's charge. Everything, 100% of everything. Think of how much Potiphar had. I mean, he was like super bougie. You know, he had like diamonds and gold and everything everywhere. You know, he had like a gold goblet that he drank from every day or like some throne that he sat on or whatever, like everything. Everything into Joseph who was sold to him from the Ishmaelites, everything is in his charge. That's insane and awesome because that's how our God works. Uh, and, and verse six, and with him there, he did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate, except when he wanted a burrito from Chipotle. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came about after these events that his master's wife looked with the desire at Joseph. And she said, lie with me. Listen, Joseph was hot. That's just b- the biblical translation of what that was. Joseph was hot. He was a hottie. And, um, Potiphar's wife, saw that. And she was like, okay, I want a little bit of his favor too. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so she tried to coax him. I'm going to round this out for you. She tried to coax him to go biblically lie with him, which is how the the Bible puts it a lot lot of times. And he said, no, because of his integrity. Okay. She came back again and she apparently multiple times tried to get him to sleep with her. And she's like, no, no. Uh, Joseph's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to do this to, to my boy Potiphar. No, bro code. We're not doing this. Okay. Well, what happened is that at the last time that she t- was tempting him to sleep with her, she got his outer garment and was able to, quote unquote, have proof that he tried to force himself on her. And so she went to her husband and was like, dude. Your boy, Joseph, tried to do something to me that was inappropriate. When she saw that he had left, verse 13, Genesis uh, 39, 13, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, he called to, 
she called to the men of her household and said, see, he has brought in a Hebrew to make sport of us. He came in to lie with me and I screamed. When he heard that I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled. So she left his garment beside her until his master came home. Then she spoke with Potiphar uh, with these words, the Hebrew slave who you brought to us came in to make sport of me. And as I raised my voice, he screamed and left his garment. Now that would make anybody mad, super mad, should have made him mad a hundred percent. We know Joseph doesn't do, didn't do anything wrong, but Potiphar did not. So he immediately reacted. Now, verse 19, when his master heard the word of his wife, which she spoke to him saying, this is what your slave did to me. His anger burned. His anger and his reaction actually was the favor of God on Joseph's life because Joseph needed to be transported to a season of being hidden because there was a lot of things that God needed to flush out in Joseph that he absolutely could not have done in Potiphar's house. You ever think, why is that person angry at me? It's making them react and respond. Sometimes that is God using their reaction to place you in a place that he needs you because he knows what is coming next. That emotional wrong response of Potiphar, God was in all the way. Potiphar couldn't have grace on him. He couldn't have mercy on him because if he did, Joseph would not be in the place of education in that hiding place that God needed him in order to teach him multiple things. At this point, Joseph was not ready to stand before Pharaoh. He must be hidden. Sometimes we don't understand the reaction of other people. Why would you respond this way? I did nothing wrong. God uses it to transport us into a season where he needs us to get some principles maybe that he's been trying to teach us for a long time that we will not listen to if we are busy serving the upper echelon of Egypt. He needed him there. Because what Joseph was getting ready to be released into, he could not handle at that point in his life. Why do I know that? Because he went to prison. And there were so many things that we're about to talk about that he learned. So Joseph's master took him, verse 20, Genesis 39, 20. We're still in Genesis 39. So Joseph's master took him and put him into the jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the jail. He was in prison. But guess what? The Lord walked into that jail with him and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in jail so that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. I want to pause here just for a second because I think we think when we aren't picked, when we're looked over, when maybe that guy decides to go with the other girl and not you, we think, we assume, we put a human assumption behind what God is doing. And therefore we get angry, we get bitter, we get frustrated at the Lord. 
if we put all of our human assumptions on the moves that God allows in our lives, we will get angry, frustrated, leave the church, leave our faith, leave God himself. Those of you that feel overlooked and forgotten, your dreams are forgotten. Everything that you've hoped for and worked for is gone. I want to tell you something super clear. Can you forget about your own children? You guys, having four kids is one of the greatest gifts of my entire life. But do I ever wake up one day and think, oh, I forgot I had all four of you guys. (laughs) Where did you come from, Grace? Where did you even come from? I can't believe that you're here. Welcome to the family. Absolutely not. Can I forget that uh, Moses or Haven or Jude is in our family? No. I never have a lapse in my memory where I think, oh, I forgot. Yesterday I thought I had one kid and now I have four kids. Never. Not one time do I ever think, wow, I forgot you existed. I forgot what you're hoping for. I forgot about the fact that you worked so hard on this rap so you could minister to all of your peers. I forgot that you had this um, huge dream in your heart, Grace, of what you want to do in ministry. I forgot, Moses, that you just hit that home run last night at your baseball game. I forgot, Haven, that all you love to do is create, and you're so creative and artistic. I can't forget. I don't want to forget. And how much more has God not forgotten you? It astounds me to think that when we're in these seasons that we are overlooked, the very first place we go is God has forgotten you. Joseph could have gone there too, but what did he say? What happened? Uh, God had not forgotten him. He walked directly in the jail with Joseph. He accompanied him in. He thought, you know what? This is going to be really hard for my boy because he's used to eating grapes over in Potiphar's house. So I'm going to walk in this hiding place with my son. As a matter of fact, I was up all night with my baby girl, Haven. She had a little fever. For 45 minutes, I sat over her body. I touched her little face. And in the darkness of her room, I prayed that the Lord would break her fever. The one that hurts the most is the one that has most of my attention. I'm right there with them. I had one of my kids came home the other day and they're really hurt by one of their friends. Who was I talking to for the next two hours? The kid that was hurting the most. How could I leave them when they need me so much? Oh no, I'm walking right into that thing with them. I'm sitting down with them. I'm not leaving them. And I am going to extend my kindness to them. Y'all, if I will do that as, as as a human, and if you'll do that for your kids as humans out there, how much more does the Lord understand that we need his actual presence in these hidden seasons? Verse 21 says this, but the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. He was with him, 
because he can't forget his kids. And he won't forget his kids, especially those that were just wronged so badly. He's right with you. He's not for, it's actually the opposite. He knows so much about what you're going through. He loves you enough to hide you for a second. He loves you so much that he's right there with you. Satan's just trying to tempt you to leave him. And he's going to extend his kindness to you. Guys, the kids that hurt the most in that particular time are the ones that I'm right there with. They can't even shake me because I'm right there with them. So here we have Joseph. He's going into prison. And the chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail so that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. Now, listen to me. This goes back to my point uh, just a second ago. When you have the favor of the Lord on you, you think the chief jailer believed in God? No, he was an Egyptian. He worshiped the Egyptian God just like Potiphar did. Favor. He saw that Joseph had favor, even though he heard the accusations of Potiphar's wife. And he was like, no, 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 I'm going to put you in charge of everybody. The favor followed him and the favor affected everyone around him. Even in his hiding place, he was favored. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. I'm looking at all of these uh, different points, and I'm I'm about to go down through several uh, different points. But the main one I wanted you to get right this second is the fact that those, I want you to change the narrative in your mind based on Genesis 39, 21. The Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him even when he was in prison and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. I just feel like there's so many people that feel like God's forgotten about them. And that's the opposite. He's right there with you. He's just hidden you for a time. Autumn will be back with more after this. Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God. While I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangsta Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting automiles.com. Okay. Hey guys, that was part one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really do want you to change this narrative. God is right with you in this hidden season that you're in. He's not forsaking you. Can you forsake your kids? No, you cannot. Okay. You cannot forget your kids. He's not going to forget about you. Um, I want to end this first day off with a question from one of you. This is it. I know you can't answer for God. (laughs) You're right. I can't. But how, why would he put people in a hidden prison if it means they could lose their faith in him? How do you encourage someone to keep their faith while hidden? I guess to me, I'm not, I guess we're, God knows what each one of us can handle. 
He knows which, what each one of us can take. He knew that Joseph had been tried enough that he could handle what he went into, okay? With you, it's going to look different, okay? We all have our, our different lives and our different things or whatever. God, I hope next week will answer this for you. It is a loving God that hides us in a place where we can't be seen, no one can get to us. We are literally just educating ourselves for the next season that he's calling us into. It is a loving God. We have to shift the narratives in our mind and the way we think about hidden seasons. And we have to surrender them to the Lord and say, I do not understand this. Just like Joseph said in the the text, which we'll get to next week, I didn't do anything wrong. Please get me out of here. I didn't do anything wrong. Joseph knew he didn't do anything wrong. So my advice to you, if you find yourself in and you feel like you are losing your faith is, is actually, you're probably not losing your faith. God is testing it to grow it for the next season. Okay. That's the question um, that that you guys sent out to me. I hope that helps you. Um, This is what God is doing in your life. Now, I did this live stream via Facebook, and this was actually a comment that we got on Facebook, and it says this. This live was amazing. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, They want to remain anonymous and so full of truth for me. I've definitely been feeling forgotten and like my life is just not moving forward. I'm praying and fasting for my husband's salvation. I feel like God has turned away from me. I don't see him moving in my life and I'm hurt by it. I'm so grateful for you guys. This has definitely lifted my spirit. This is an awesome thing that God is doing in one of our um, family members' lives because we all feel at some point like God's forgotten us. And like God's forsaken us. We all feel like that. And to be able to say, listen, this is how I feel and actually be honest and transparent with the Lord so that we can move forward is an amazing thing. So thank you so much for writing in and just telling us how much the ministry is ministering to you. And we will also be praying for your husband's salvation as well. I love that this was able to encourage you guys out there. Catch me next week for part two, part two, you guys, of the prison of hidden. It's going to be really good. I promise you that. Okay. Let me pray us out. Lord, we love you today. And God, I thank you for just the insight to your word. I thank you how your word has just so encouraged me over the last couple of weeks as I've been studying this passage of scripture more in depth. I thank you that your word is true. I thank you that you do not, you literally can't leave us and you cannot forget us. I thank you so much for that. And Lord, um, I just love you today. And I pray that you would encourage all our family out there that is listening with your truth and with the spirit of comfort, the spirit of God in Jesus name. Amen. All right, guys, I love you so much. I'll see you right back here next week on the Autumn Mile Show for part two. Don't don't miss it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Autumn Mile Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available, from her books and past episodes to her video series. We've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. 
It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of the Autumn Miles Show.